It's intern John. Celebrate the coziest season with Safeway. They're bringing all the fall flavors to you. From pumpkin everything to caramel apples and all of your seasonal favorites. Make the most of those fireside dinners, game-winning touchdowns, and warm family gatherings. Visit your neighborhood Safeway today or shop online for easy pickup or delivery. They're here to help you spice, season, and savor every moment. Sincerely, Safeway. Be dazzled this holiday season by Northern Virginia's largest drive through light show at Bull Run Festival of Lights. Celebrate the holidays as a family while staying warm and cozy. Drive the festival route from the comfort of your car. Turn off your headlights and just follow the magical glow through two and a half miles of dazzling displays in Bull Run Regional Park in Centerville, Virginia. Plan your visit now. When you visit by mid-December, you'll save. Get your tickets today at BullRunFestivalOfLights.com. That's BullRunFestivalOfLights.com. You're about to experience a life-giving message from Bishop Kevin Foreman, pastor of Harvest Church. One church in global locations. To find out more about Bishop Foreman and Harvest Church, visit our website at www.harvestchurch.church. Your faithful giving is how we continue to bring life-giving messages like these to you. Give online in our mobile app or text the word giving to 59769. Remember to love God, love people, and love life. I'm ready to hear then do your word, which I'm about to receive, which makes all things new. In Jesus' name, amen. God, have your way tonight in the worship experience. Speak to us with clarity. Speak to us with strength. And speak to us with power. We need to hear from you. And I pray that when we hear from you, we don't second guess it. We don't doubt it. We don't meander around in it. But we would walk boldly. Somebody shout bold. We would walk boldly in courage and in the clarity that your word has provided for us tonight. So take over from this moment on. I decrease that you would increase. Speak through me. Use me as your vessel to speak clearly to us, your people, black, white, Hispanic, Asian, every background, every age, everybody included. Nobody is excluded. Speak to us tonight in Jesus' name. I need y'all to put a preemptive praise on what you're about to hear tonight right there. Come on, do it in your home. Do it in Carlsbad. Do it in Houston. Do it in Atlanta. Do it in Chicago. Do it in Newfoundland. Come on here. Do it. Somebody say, I'm expecting to receive. Let's go to work. Our series is Bad Boys. We've been using men from the Bible that had to simultaneously fight enemies while fighting their enemy, which means I got to deal with what's going on around me and what's going on in me at the same time. Somebody say, I'm graced to do both. Most of us only want to have to deal with one battle at a time. And if you only deal with one battle at a time, you're not going to make enough progress fast enough. And for some of you, I need to know the increase in your trouble means God is about to increase you getting to your destination. Y'all ain't going to talk. I need you to hear me. The increase in your battles is an indication that God's in, in, uh, intent, intention for you is that wherever you are headed, that you get there more quickly. Listen to me. I know it may have taken you 14 years to get to where you are, but let me prophesy in the next six, you're going to make more progress than the first 14. I wish I had somebody that believed this tonight. I don't care how long it's taken you to get to wherever you are, but I prophesy over our church and everybody connected to us that whatever progress you've made over the last 14 years, by the end of these next six months, you will do more than that. And if you believe that, put a praise on that right there. Somebody say, I believe, I believe, I believe, I believe, I believe, I believe. And Lord, help our unbelief. Any part of us that makes us think it's not going to happen, we shut it down. Any part of us that makes us think it's not going to work, we shut it down. We are full of faith and belief. In Jesus' name, say, I receive that. So you have to fight your enemy and your enemy at the same time. So we started with King Saul, who disobeyed God's instructions that were given by the man of God, Samuel. Let's start right there. God's instructions are not going to come to you through a voice in your head or through a burning bush. They will come to you from the pulpit of the man that you've been set up under his plan. Mm. They will come to you from the pulpit of the man where you've been set up under his plan. There are, I've taught you before, multiple ways that God speaks. And the top two ways that God speaks are, number one, his logos, L-O-G-O-S. That's his written word. Stop looking for a voice and look at the verse. 
The second way that God speaks is through something called rhema, R-H-E-M-A. That means what has been preached about what has been said. It is now the revelation of something that was said thousands of years ago, but it is made to and brought to life for you today. Those are the two primary ways that God speaks. For many people, you feel like, I just can't hear God. That's because you're listening on a station he's not on. Y'all ain't gonna talk. I just feel so lost. I feel so confused. That's because you are listening on a station God's not on. You're expecting him to wake you up in the middle of the night and you turn on the TV and there's a message flashing to you. That's not gonna happen. Instead, God says, that's why I gave you Monday night prayer. Come on. That's why I gave you Wednesday night church. That's why I give you Sunday morning church. That's why I give you YouTube and podcast and Facebook and every other thing. And now we got the Harvest Channel and all of these different methods. Why? Because God says, I'm trying to get a word to you and I need you to tune into the station that I use more frequently than the other station because sometimes you're thinking God is absent. He's not absent. You're just on the wrong channel. Did you hear what I just said right there? Have you ever been uh, wanting to see your favorite TV program and you got home? I switched to this TV thing and I was so excited about it because I'm like, this is great. I got all the channels I want and here's what happened. Then a new season of a show started yesterday. And here's the problem. When I was trying to go look for the season of that show, that channel wasn't on that particular program. Which means, watch me, I got excited about something I wasn't able to receive because that channel wasn't in the program. In other words, this is what happens for many Christians. You are asking God to respond to you in a way that God says, why don't you just stick to the stations I'm already on instead of switching the program and trying to get me to speak in a way that I don't normally do it. Did you hear what I just said? I need you to open up your mouth and say, God, you're speaking to me right now. Say it, say it, say it. So, so, so listen, uh, Saul disobeys Samuel's instructions. Samuel is the man of God. He disobeys those instructions twice. And God ends up taking the kingdom from him. And Saul ends up taking his life. He commits suicide because he was so fixated on how things look opposed to how things really were. And we discovered that Saul was insecure. And insecurity, I taught you several things that insecurity will do for you. But one of those things is it makes you insubordinate. So Saul takes his life and loses the throne, which means, watch this, the throne wasn't the only part of his life. Now, I need you to get that because some of you, when you mess up opportunities, you end your life. You missed what I just said. Some of you, because that relationship didn't work, you're talking about you don't want to live. Baby, there is life after a mess up. There is life after a screw up. Listen, some of you I'm losing the house. I don't know how I'm going to live. There's life after that house. There's life after that car. There's life after that job. There's life after those friends walking out. You better hear what I'm saying tonight. Some of you think that your life is over because Saul said, I'm about to lose the throne, so I should take my life. And God was like, but Saul, there's life after the throne. Even though you messed up, God says, I got another chance for you and I don't know who needs to hear this tonight but some of you you literally started to put your life on hold because of what messed up before but I got an announcement baby there's a new beginning with your name on it I need you to say the next six are gonna be my best six come on say the next six are gonna be my best six he takes his life because he loses the throne. And some of y'all talking about you're going to quit stuff because other people quit. But baby, that's, they're not where you started, so they don't need to be why you quit. Y'all ain't saying nothing to me. You need to learn how to appreciate and celebrate folk while they're in your life. And if they don't last in your life, celebrate and appreciate while they were there. But you got to keep it moving. Let me tell you what kind of anointing Bishop Foreman got. I keep it moving anointing. Which means it don't matter what you're trying to do, what you're trying to throw. God's anointing me to keep on moving. And you, you got the same grace on you. Somebody say, I'm going to keep it moving. I'm going to keep it. Bishop, they don't want to be my friend. Keep it moving. Get you some better ones. Upgrade. They were... Let him upgrade you. He loses the throne, and we discovered that the reason he loses the throne is because of who's around him. David won because of who was around him. Saul lost because of who was around him. In 1 Samuel 10, 26, look on the screen. It says, Saul also went to his home at Gibeah and went with him men of valor uh, whose hearts God had touched. Heart in the Bible means mind. And notice, this is not who they were naturally. This is so important to understand. Because many times, what you will do is you will fall in love with the potential that people have, not the reality of who they are. So you get disappointed because you thought you were going to get a fried chicken sandwich to get that thing home, and it was a drumstick. What are you saying? It's different than what I expected. See, if God had to touch their heart to have courage, they weren't naturally courageous men, which meant the moment they got out of the spirit, they were going to be discouraged. Shut up. Come on. You missed it. Who touched their heart? 
God did. Which means if they got out of the spirit, they were not going to be men of courage. Which means Saul was going to have to spend his time encouraging them so that he would deplete his courage trying to get them up to par so he wouldn't have the strength to go fight. Which is why Saul got weak and took his own life because he spent his life trying to get them together. And I rebuke you spending your life trying to raise grown folk. I rebuke you spending your life trying to get grown folk to do what they're supposed to do. Ain't nobody's responsibility to raise nobody grown. This is not who they were naturally. And for some of you, your frustration with the people around you is that they are naturally liars. They don't tell the truth. They are naturally unfaithful. They don't tell the truth. They are naturally disrespectful. They don't know how to respect nobody. They are naturally entitled. So when they do all this shalom, sir, and all that, that ain't their natural being. That ain't their natural way. And so who are they are naturally? You got to be careful to make sure that's what you need. I need you to make this declaration and say, God surrounded me with what I need. Come on. I need you to get this because hear me. Here's the thing. Saul lost because of who was around him. David won because of who was around him. Listen to me. Your wins don't just depend on you. They depend on your crew. I'm back to Your wins do not just depend on you. They depend on your crew. So let's look at the verse. It says, whose hearts God had touched. Verse 27. This is where we were on Sunday. But some worthless fellows said, how can this man save us? What does the Bible call them? Worthless. Everybody has worth to God, but that doesn't mean everybody brings worth to you. And sometimes your desire to be Jesus Jr. is to see past major character defects because you believe you can save them. I want to ask you a question. Why did Jesus never spend his time trying to help Judas? Because he knew that ninja could not change. The Bible says the poor you will have with you always. What does that indicate? There are some people that are never going to change how they act. They're just going to change their shape and keep the same old act. So what do you need to understand about that? There are some people, watch me, say everybody has worth to God. But not everybody has worth to me. I need you to open your mouth and say it because I need you to get this. Because sometimes you will make bad decisions. You'll call it good Christianity and it's not. Jesus, the Bible rather, identifies these men as worthless fellows. Say, everybody has worth to God. Not everybody has worth to me. See, if what I need is somebody to hold this, it doesn't matter that you know how to put plant flowers. That's not what I need. So, it does, so that's amazing that you know how to do that, but if that's not what I need, then it brings no worth to me right now. Okay, all right, look at the verse. It says, but some worthless fellows said, I need you to open your mouth and make this declaration. Say, no worthless folk in my next six or the rest of this decade. Some worthless fellows, how can this man save us? And they despised him and they brought him no present. Three things. The first thing, it says, how can this man save us? They disrespected his seat. And you, watch me. It's amazing to me the respect that we will give to people we do not know. And the people that often offer you support, you do not respect. Social media is full of memorials to people people have never met. But the people that fight for them every day and every week, they won't even say thank you to. I wish I had somebody that would be honest with me. Uh, we got a culture now that disrespect has become the norm. And you got to learn how to let people know, listen, I understand that's what you do. But you ain't bringing all of that up in here. You need to learn how to purge your life of people that disrespect and make sure you are not disrespectful yourself because some of they disrespect might be you reaping what you sowed. I feel like preaching tonight. The next thing is they, watch me, they despise him. That means they talked about him. If people talk about you, my question is, why did you give them a second opportunity to prove that they would have a different habit? And it doesn't mean you need to have a knockdown, drag out fight. It's just like, oh, okay, let me tell you how to do that. Can I show you? Let me tell you how to do that. Leave the verse up. Let me tell you how to do that. Let me tell you how to do that. Here's them. So listen, did you say such and such and such and such? Well, you know, oh, okay, understood, understood. Well, thank you for making that real clear for me. I appreciate you. Okay, so everything cool? Oh, we're cool. I know what you are now. And I'm cool with who you are. I ain't trying to change who you are. Now, just to be clear, that version of you is not a version that's coming into my next six. Y'all better hear what I'm saying. I, 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 okay, y'all don't like this. Y'all don't like this. See, if you win, it might not just be because of you. It might be because of your crew. Got it? 
They talked about him, and, and then what did they do? They brought him no present, so they dishonored him. They disrespected him, they talked about him, then they dishonored him. Pay attention to the people that don't honor you on days they could honor you. <laughs> right? Pay attention to people who, when it's your birthday and you went out of your way. Okay, y'all don't like this kind of talk. Pay, 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 atten pay, pay, pay attention to people who, I pay attention to things like that. I pay attention. When you have an opportunity to honor and you don't, it's an indication. Your, your actions were your answer. I need you to open up your mouth and say, Lord, help me pay attention. And here's what the Bible says, but he held his peace. Now, here's the problem with him holding his peace. He didn't deal with them, look at me, because he was busy dealing with himself. And many of you, you don't pay attention to the people around you because you are so preoccupied with you, your emotions, your issues, your struggles. But what you don't recognize is that the people around you are actually fueling what's going on in you. So, so the reason you have this cycle going on in life is because, listen, they fuel what's going on in you, but you're spending all your time dealing with that. So you never shut down the source of the fuel. You never sort down the source of the issue. You never set down the source of the problem. And I need you to lay your hands on yourself. Say, but not the next six. Come on, y'all say, not the rest of this decade. So Saul lost because of who was around him. Who was around him? People that weren't naturally what he needed and people that disrespected him, dishonored him, and talked about him. And yet those are the people Saul kept around him. Because when you're insecure, you like a crowd. When you're insecure, you'll have anybody around you just to have somebody around you. Some of y'all keep calling people. Some of y'all, you were planning on texting somebody tonight after church. I rebuke your text because you know that person is no good for your life. You know that person doesn't mean you well, but you're just feeling lonely. I rebuke your loneliness. I think you better let it go. That's going to be a TKO. Mr. What's a TKO? A technical knockout. Which means you get knocked out not because you got hit hard. You got knocked out simply because, watch me, the circumstance was such that you couldn't stand. Let me preach. Despite his enemy, David wins because of who's around him. Now, David's got some issues, y'all. David is a womanizer. David's got rejection issues from his father. David and his brothers have a different mother. That's why David said he was born in sin and shaped in iniquity. They got family drama, family issues. David tries to go fight Goliath. His brothers are like, you always trying to do something. And I love it because David turned around and like, ah. said, I know you're happy in your little life. Hmm. He said, but there's something more in me that makes me realize that this is a fight that I've never fought before, but I know how to fight. And I need you to lay your hands on yourself and say, I may be facing something I've not faced before. But say, one thing I know how to do is fight and win. <laughs> I may not have dealt with that before, but David, when he's fighting Goliath, he says, I beat the lion and I beat the bear. Who is this uncircumcised Philistine that dare defy the armies of the living God? I may not have done that before, but baby, I know how to fight and win. Make this declaration. Do hashtag winning on the screen. Hashtag winning. I need you to prophesy over your decade. I need you to prophesy over your next six. Hashtag winning. That's what I'm doing. That's what we're doing. And if somebody asks you, how's your day going? Winning. When they ask you, how was your week? Winning. And even if you feel like dirt, I need you to prophesy. Call things that be not as though they were. I am winning. <laughs> Here we go. First Chronicles 11 and 9. And David became greater and greater for the Lord of hosts was with him. Let's break this down. Say, I'm becoming. You don't see it because you are it. You don't ever see what you're becoming because you're the thing that's becoming. And some of you, you need to take a moment. Can I be honest with you? The other day I was having a little moment. I don't have those often. Um, but the other day I was having a little moment. When I was having a little moment, I had to remind myself. Sometimes you got to go through memory lane and you got to remind yourself of who you are and what God has done for you. Because sometimes you miss it because you're the thing that's becoming. You're so fixated on the moment ahead that you miss the moment you're in. And some of us, we need to learn how to celebrate now. Come on, we finna do it. Some of you need to, well, as soon as quarantine, mm -mm, I need you to just go on and learn how to celebrate now. Stop putting, watch me, celebration off and stop putting recognition off until a later date and learn how to take you a little moment and have you a little. 
Learn how to have you a little praise party by yourself. And you don't need to call nobody on the phone. You don't need to FaceTime nobody. You don't need to do no Facebook party. Just do it by yourself. Learn how to celebrate your progress by yourself. I need everybody under the sound of my voice to holler, I'm becoming. You're becoming a better mother, a better Christian, a better husband, a better wife, a better money manager, a better leader, a better pastor, a better CEO, a better executive. You are becoming. You are becoming. You are becoming. David became, David became greater and greater. That means he had to go battle to battle, blow to blow. And if you do not learn how to go from battle to battle, you're going to get very bitter. Listen to me. Life is filled with battle to battle. And if you do not know that, you're going to get very bitter. Lay your hands on yourself and say, you don't have time to be bitter. What's bitter? Bitterness. Bitterness is the residue of a painful experience. And many of you, you deal with bitterness because you never learned that life is from battle to battle. You were expecting that one day that you were just not going to handle more battles, which means you're not making any more progress. See, if your battles stop, your progress stops. Let me say it another way. If your battles stop, your blessings stop. I need you to learn how to look at a battle and say, come on and bless me. Come on, let's go. I need you to learn how to make you one of them little dance challenges about your battle. Why? Because my battle is an indication. Blessing is about to manifest. I need you to open up your mouth and say, it's about to go down. Come on. It's about to happen for you. Why? Because I've been battling some stuff. And I've been knocking some stuff down. But a battle is an indication that a blessing is on the way. It's shot that for the Lord of hosts was with him. Everybody look on the screen and say, say tag team. Tag team back again. Listen, listen, listen. Here's how God works. God works with you like a tag team. And here's the issue. For many of you, you never tag him in. You never tag him in. Say tag team. Uh, listen, I used, to, I used to occasionally watch wrestling. Anybody else watch wrestling? Do the hand. <laughs> I, I, I don't even know. Does he even still come on? I don't know. I don't know. Oh, okay. Oh, cool. Amazing. Great. So I used to watch wrestling. And the tag teams, the tag teams, tag teams were interesting. So the tag team, and I remember even playing a game one time. I, I was Kane, and then the other one was somebody else. I don't remember. One of them other dudes. Anyway, I remember Kane had all, all red, had on his red bodysuit. Come on, listen. And, and so here's the deal. Whenever, whenever the person in the ring is in a tight spot, please pay attention. They have to make their way closer. I don't like the fact that you ain't saying nothing. Some of y'all, when you start going through, you go away from God. You go away from church. You go away from worship. But you better learn something from them wrestling matches. When your enemy's beating you down and when your enemy's trying to knock you out, you got to learn how to tag somebody. And I came to tell somebody tonight, God says you need to tag him into your life. Tag him into your situation. Tag him into what you're going through. The reason you feel so weak is because you didn't realize you on a tag team. I need you to open up your mouth and say, tag Jesus. It's on you now. Put a praise on it. Put a praise. My next six are on you. My best of my June is on you. The rest of my decades on you. Tag Jesus. It's on you. So the Bible says, for the Lord, for the Lord, for the Lord was with him. Somebody say tag team. Reason you feel like you by yourself, because you way over here. But your partner, God is way over there. That's why the Bible says, draw nigh unto me. <laughs> and watch what he'll start doing, making his way around the edge. <laughs> Draw nigh unto me, and I'll draw nigh. For some of you, this is what you've been doing. You've been doing the stank walk backwards. And that's why life stinks, because you've been stank walking backwards. But I prophesy to everybody under the sound of my voice tonight that you are moving towards Jesus tonight. What does that mean? Baby, that's why I shout like I do. That's why I praise like I do. That's why I sow like I do. That's why I serve like I do. Why? I'm making my way to Jesus so that I can tag him in. And then he takes. I dare you to tag somebody out your house and tag them and say, tag, tag, 
If you can't touch him, just air tag him. Come on. Help is on the way. Say, I'm not by myself. I got help in here tonight. I'm not by myself. I got help. You're not going to die in depression. You got help. You're not going to die from your sickness. You got help. You're not going to die from your disease. You got. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Ooh, that blessed me. That blessed me. Somebody ought to put a seed on that. You ought to tag on that. <laughs> Say, God is with me. <laughs> tag team back again. I need you to prophesy that. Say, tag teams back again. Say it again. Tag teams back again. For, for 25 of you watching me right now, Yesterday was one of your most emotional days that you've had in a long time because the enemy decided he was going to try to get you in the corner and whoop your head. But I dare you to make the devil out to be a liar and type it in all caps on the screen. Tag! Type it on the screen. Tag! Let me, let me finish. Look. <laughs> Verse 10. Now these are the chiefs. This is David's first day as king. Say first day. Now these are the chiefs of David's mighty men. What did Saul have his first day? Worthless fellows. And some people that weren't naturally what he needed. What did David have his first day? Mighty men. Everybody look at me. Why did Saul have a different crew than David? Because Saul spent, watch me, he's the first. So he didn't have the luxury of preparing like David. David started getting his crew ready 14 years ago. What does that mean, Bishop? It's going to take some time for you to get the right people in the right seats. <clears throat> and I need you to hear me say, it's going to take some time to get the right people in the right seats in my life. Say, but I'm good. <laughs> Verse 10. Now, these are the chiefs of David's mighty men who gave him, I feel like preaching it. Who gave him what? Strong support. I need everybody to open your mouth and say that with some strength. Strong support. One more time. Strong support. Listen. Strong support is only strong if it's the support that's necessary. If you make ice cream but I need meat, you're, that, that's nice but it's not strong support. And many of you, you've had to take ice cream makers and make them into grillers. You'll catch it in a minute. You'll catch it in a minute. But I tell you, your next six. <laughs> Say, I will be surrounded by strong support. So look, he says, now these are the chiefs of David's mighty men who gave him strong support in his kingdom. Everybody, look at the screen. They're not the same people, but they're focused on the same prize. And narrowly, what most of your challenges have been is because the people around you have different motives than you. They're not focused on the same prize. And if they're not focused on the same prize, you will spend all your time fighting them opposed to moving the mission forward. As a pastor, through 14 years, I got to tell you, this has, been, this has been something I've had to fight through. Because if you got people that are in seats, but what they really want is to be worshipped, not worship. They really want to be served, not served, which is why you have to repeat the same thing 75 times. It's because they're, watch me, they're not the same people. Everybody's not going to do the same thing. But everybody should be focused on the same prize. Make this declaration say, in my next six, the strong support I'm surrounded with will be focused on the same prize as I am. Let me give you an example. Let me give you an example of this. Give you an example of this. I'm going to use you a lot tonight. You ask God to use it, he uses it. <coughs> now listen. Y'all ready? Now, now here's the deal. If, and you come too, you come too, come on, get his hand. All right, now listen, if everybody's focused on the same prize, watch what happens. So now you can spend your time leading, not managing. 
You can spend your time accomplishing, not having to complain about the asinine. You can find yourself doing what you need to do because everybody's doing that. But here's what happens when everybody's not focused on the same thing as you. Wow. Now, my progress has been stifled because of who I won't let go. Because, see, you keep saying, it's them, it's them, it's them. And what you need to learn how to do is say, you know what? Oh, you ain't going with me? Okay. I'm good. I pray you have the courage to make the cut. I pray you have the courage to make the cut. It says, it says they gave him strong support. In what? In his kingdom. They weren't trying to build their own kingdoms. They weren't trying to use his stage so they could get likes on Instagram. And for y'all ain't going to talk to me. They weren't trying to use their access to him in order to learn from him to take what they learned somewhere else. Y'all ain't going to talk to me. So the Bible says they were focused on his kingdom. Which means if you're going to be in, on my crew, I need to know what you're here to do. I need you. Oh, 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 oh. I just heard you guys. Everybody open your mouth. Say, no more freeloaders. Say it again. Say no more freeloaders. Together with all Israel. What did they do? They made him king. Which means you have to have people in your circle that when it's time to do something for you, they don't make it about them. Y'all didn't hear me. That whenever it's time to do something for you, they make it about them. Okay, let me give you an example. It's supposed to be your party. They show up with a bad attitude. You vindictive, trifling, you made it about you. And it's not about you. I feel like preaching tonight. Somebody go get set free tonight. So look, it says, together with all Israel to make him king according to the word of the Lord concerning Israel. So here we go. Um, David had three chiefs of his mighty men. The names are on the screen. The first was Jashobim. Say Jashobim. They're on the screen. The first is named Jashobim. Jashobim's name means this. People will return or to whom people turn. His name has two different meanings. See, he's the chief of the three. I need y'all to get me. So the first part of his name, the first part of his name means it's a warning. It means whenever you start doing well, David, people are gonna come back. Because back then they didn't want you, now you're hot they all upon you. Don't be fooled by that message. Mm. Don't be fooled by that DM. Mm. Let me tell you how they do it. They start by liking stuff casually to see if you'll respond. Y'all ain't gonna say nothing to me. But then the second part means, or to whom people turn. Who can I run to? Listen, here's what this means. He's the chief of David's mighty men, which means there are certain things. Everybody look at me. There are certain things David shouldn't have to deal with because the people have somebody to turn to about the things David shouldn't be bothered with. Why is it you got friends who report what was said, didn't tell you how they shut down what was said? What did you do about it? You are not Adele or recall we're working for Nine News. Got it? In your crew, who do people turn to? Ooh. Y'all ready? Here's the next part. He's a hackmanite. That means wise. And what do we learn on Sunday? Wise means the word. Say the word. So for us, practically, you see how many levels of lessons there are in the meaning of his name? So say, say Jasho Beam's coming. Say, and I'll be ready. So when Jasher Beam, then when it says wise, wisdom comes from the word. So for us on a spiritual level, this means that part of my crew has to be my dependence on the word. Not my dependence on people's opinions. Too many of you, your insecurity is fueled because you're getting what you believe in from the opinions of people who are fallible. You got me? Here's the second one of his friends. or this, Not his friends, but his mighty men. Here's the second guy. The second guy's name is Eleazar. Eleazar's name means God helps. He's the son of Dodo, which is where you get, uh, you know, uh, love birds. So there's actually a bird called a Dodo bird. It's a love bird. Got it? He's an Ahohite, which means he loves like a brother. Which means God will send you help for somebody around you that will love you like a brother. And a brother's love works like this. They will cuss you out in love. They will tell you the truth in love. 
and then dare you to have an attitude. Notice it's not sisterly love. Because when sisters love, let's be honest, ladies, sometimes y'all can hold grudges. See, some of y'all are still mad that your sister wore your dress when y'all were 11. I said, she didn't ask, Bishop. She should have asked. Always wearing my stuff. <laughs> you got it? Say, Eleazar's coming. Notice, none of David's chiefs were family. Mm. None of his chiefs were blood. Mm. Which means you need to stop looking for all the usual suspects. I'm going to say it again so you get it. You are looking for your support from the wrong source. Mm. Because none of David's mighty men came from his family. None of his mighty men came from friends he grew up with. Here's the, next, here's the, here's the third chief of his mighty men, uh, Shema. And Shema's name means astonishment. You can look on the screen, his name means astonishment. Say, I'm going to be astonished. Say, Shema's on the way. Now, this one's going to make you shout. You ready? Because, listen, this is the friend and this is the person in your life that it's going to feel too good to be true that they care about you. I don't like your silence. Silence of the lambs. Open up your mouth. Say, I will be astonished. Now, I gave you definitions on Sunday, but I want to go deeper. That's what Wednesdays are for. Let's go deeper. He's the son of a G. That means, please look at me, not normal. Not planned. Which means this one's not going to make no sense that this person even cares about you. This one's not going to make any sense. And, and look where he comes from. Please listen to me. They will not be your equal. They will be somebody from an elevated place. Look on the screen. He's a Herorite, which on Sunday I taught you that means what? Mountain dweller. But I took it deeper tonight. It means somebody that's strong and elevated. In other words, somebody greater than you is going to reach for you. I need you to open your mouth and say, Shema's coming. Somebody with more money, more influence, more power. More, somebody greater than you is about to reach for you. And it won't be normal. So David has somebody around him that came from an elevated place. Because watch me, to go up, you need somebody around you that's been there. You can't just have people around you that have been to where you've been because the only place you're going to go is the places you've already been. Oh, your next six, you're going to see some stuff you've never seen, do some stuff you've never done. In your next six, you are about to see God put something big in your hands, and it's going to start with a Shema. Open up your mouth and shout, Shema's coming. David's last words, David's last words on his deathbed, they warn about worthless men. In 2 Samuel 23 and 6, it says, but worthless men are like thorns, are all like thorns. And that's deep, because he says all of them are like thorns. You don't ever make a worthless, a worthless man into one of worth. You didn't hear me. You and I don't ever make a worthless person into somebody of worth. That's between him and God. Remember, everybody has worth to God, but not everybody has worth to you. Everybody got that? It says, they are like thorns that are thrown away, for they cannot be taken with the hand. What does that mean? Holding on to them hurts you. I have a rose. Some of y'all been wondering, what is that for? Rose. It's beautiful, isn't it? Isn't that a nice rose? Beautiful. Pink. Vitality. Passion. The problem with a worthless person is that you judge their worth based on how it looks. Not realizing that when you get up close, ah! there's thorns. And you want to know where most of the thorns are? They're hidden. You don't see most of the thorns until you take the time to ask questions. You don't see the thorns until you inspect. It literally happened. They said, sir, here's the rose. I said, that's great. I said, it's in this container. I'm going to keep it in some water so it doesn't die. I said, it'll be all right. And then they picked it up and said, oh, my God, wait, look, that'll prove the point. Because the majority of the thorns weren't clearly seen. Because they're shielded by the container. 
Y'all ain't going to say nothing to me. So holding on to them, you wonder why it hurts you. Because you think you're holding the container. You are holding on to their bitter, angry, disrespectful, ungodly, dishonorable self. And that's the part that cuts you. But no one tells you that on social media. They only talk about Don't let the beauty get you knocked on your booty. Tweet that one. <laughs> I like that one. <laughs> Look at me. Who are you holding on to? Where it's hurting you to hold on to. And listen to me. Listen to me very carefully. It's not that they may not be acceptable for your life. And maybe that they're not acceptable for that place in your life, that seat in your life. You brought them in and wanted to marry them, but they were only supposed to be your friend. Now you've ruined a friendship because you wanted sex. I'm trying to preach to somebody tonight. But the man that touches him, let's go, arms himself with iron and the shaft of a spear. So what do you do? You spend your time fighting them. Let's go one more time. So look. Okay, so look, you know, got your enemies over here, right? Because remember, bad boys, bad boys. <laughs> Spending time fighting your enemy and your enemy. So here's what happens when you, you ready? Here's what happens when you hold on to people that the Bible calls worthless. So he's the thorn. Here's what you're doing. You're not fighting your enemy. You're fighting him. And they use the weapons they have against you. The thorns. And the thing about a thorn is it's a small end, small prick. But what ends up happening is that you'll bleed out slowly. Some of you, you've been bleeding out since 19, but tonight, but tonight, but tonight. Listen, what, are you, what am I doing when I'm saying but tonight? You're telling the enemy, I shut that down tonight. Everybody open your mouth and say, but tonight. So listen, you fight, your, you fight them instead of fighting your enemy. And the Bible goes on to say they are utterly consumed with fire. They will burn down whatever you build. For many of you, you built something great in your life. You just had worthless folk around it that burned it down. Here's how they burned it down. I would just quit. Here's how they burned it down. I don't know why you're doing all of that. Here's why they burned it down. Maybe God don't want you to do that. They burn it down with their thorns. I've taught you before a message about the revelation of the thorns. You should go look at that. Can I go further? If we were to go back in time to see this principle in action, give me a few more minutes. In Joshua chapter 7, you will see this same principle at act and in motion with a man named Joshua. Everybody say Joshua. Joshua is how we started this year. Remember we started this year talking about what? All things new. This was a year Joshua created. Remember, Joshua tells the sun to stand still and the earth not to move or the sun not to move and the sun stands still. And what happens? Another day is added. The Bible says a full 24 hours go past and another day is added. It creates what we know now as a leap year. So Joshua created the year we're in. Watch me. I know you didn't expect. Watch this. Please catch this revelation. You didn't expect uh, for this a year to go this way. When you heard all things new, you thought that meant all things good. But you better catch a revelation. Come on, you better catch a revelation. Here's the revelation, is that Joshua and them had to walk around that city seven times. I need you to catch this. And on that last time they did it seven times, I need you to catch this. Please catch this revelation. Please catch this revelation on this last Wednesday of this sixth month. Your silence is offensive to heaven. I need you to catch this revelation. I need you to say some walls about to come down. Because some of you felt like you've been going in circles since January, February, March, April, May, June. But baby, them circles you were going in were making your walls of Jericho come. Open up your mouth and say some walls coming down. What is the wall? You blocking me from what's mine. You blocking me from what he promised. You blocking me from what he said. And I prophesy to you, they're about. 
come on three. Everybody holler down. Everybody holler down. So listen. Listen. So in Joshua 7, they've just taken Jericho in the past chapter. Please catch the prophetic nature. In Joshua chapter 7, they have just conquered Jericho. They walked around and something came to completion. Seven is the biblical number of completion. And here was the last obstacle to their next victory. There, it should have been an easy victory. They were getting ready to take a city called Ai. Say Ai. It should have been so easy they didn't even send all of the army. The Bible says that something interesting happens. is that the men of Ai, that's the city they were getting ready to take. After what city? Jericho. It says, but the men of Ai, they struck down 36 of the Hebrews. They sent 3,000 warriors, gladiators. Please listen to me. 36 of them get knocked down. 2,964 of them, the Bible uses this phrase, their hearts melted, which means they lost their will to fight. Why? Because of who was around them. I came for a few of y'all where your heart's been feeling like it's melting. Y'all ain't going to talk. To where you literally get to certain places in your life where you like to heck with it. Mm. Whatever it's going to be, what it's going to be. I prophesy your heart will not melt. Lay your hands on yourself and say my heart will not melt. Remember heart in the Bible means mind. So it means their mind literally said run. So what did they do? 2,964 of them, they run back to Joshua because their hearts melt and they lose the will to fight. And Joshua begins to pray and ask the Lord why. And here's God's response on the screen, Joshua 7 and 10. It says, the Lord said to Joshua, get up. Now, what was Joshua doing? Praying. God said, get up. You prayed enough about this. Why have you fallen on your face? What did you think? I'm going to change my answer because you didn't like the first one? I feel like preaching. Yeah. Look at verse 11. Israel has sinned. They have transgressed my covenant that I commanded them. They have taken some of the devoted things. They have stolen and lied and put them among their own belongings. Verse 12. Therefore, the people of Israel. Who? The people of Israel. Who does the Bible say sin? Israel. What does it keep saying? Them. Catch it. You're going to get it in a second. Verse 12. Therefore, the people of Israel cannot stand before their enemies. Only 36 of them got knocked down. But 2,900 of them say we can't fight no more. What are you saying? You've made a much bigger deal about your problem because of your crew. Your problem seems much bigger than it is because of who's around you. Your problem seems so insurmountable because you got chumps around you, not conquerors. Y'all better hear me. Y'all better hear me. It says, therefore, they can't stand in front of their enemies. What does that mean? When they see their enemies, they, they fall. When they see their enemies, they stop. It doesn't even say they engage the fight. The fight's so intimidating, they don't want to fight. They turn their backs before their enemies because they have become what? Devoted for destruction. Please pay attention to the next part of the verse. It says, I will be with you no more unless you destroy the devoted things from among you. Please look at me. God says, if they stay, I leave. Please look at me. Please look at me. Because this is the internal fight some of y'all are in. Because the truth be told, you already know who some of the folks in your crew that need to be cut. But you won't do it. So God says, keep them. I'm leaving. Keep them. Keep fighting with them since you like that so much. Keep arguing and fussing with them since you like that so much. Keep acting a fool with them since you like it so much. Keep being average with them since you like that so much. Notice the Bible kept saying them. So you would think this was a conspiracy where several people did this, right? Everybody look at me. Say wrong. wrong. 
Let's skip down to Joshua 7 and 19. I got to quit because I'm out of time. Are you getting some out of this? Joshua 7 and 19. Catch the prophetic significance of the chapter this is in. Joshua 7. 19. Then Joshua said to Achan. So here's what happens. They go tribe by tribe. They go group by group. And they said, Lord, who did it? 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 Millions of people they go through until they get to Achan. When they get to Achan, look what the Bible says. Then Joshua said to Achan, Achan's name, look at me. His name literally means trouble. Some of these folk in your life, they have been prophesying by what they have done with their actions. You already know who started the problem because you already expect them to start problems. You already know who started the issue because you expect. Y'all don't like this tonight. Y'all getting quiet because you, you already know. So look, look at this. Here's the fight. Y'all ready? Look at what Joshua calls him. My son. You don't get it. This is the internal battle we fight. Because the one he had to cut, he loved like a son. The one he had to cut, he loved like a sister. The one he had to cut, he loved like, the one he had to cut was close. This is the battle. He doesn't say my soldier. He doesn't say my warrior. He doesn't say my gladiator. Joshua says my son. Give glory to God of Israel and give praise to him. Tell me what you did and don't you hide it from me. Everybody look at me. Remember when the Bible kept saying they, they, they? Uh-uh. It was him. But because Joshua had him on his team, God says, I'm making all of y'all guilty for what they did. Y'all ain't going to talk to me. You got to be careful you don't have people around you that you're getting what they call in law an Enrico indictment. What does that mean? They including you in it because you're friends with them. It wasn't them. It was him. So now nobody was winning because Achan disobeyed the instruction. And Achan wasn't going to say anything. Can you imagine going through tent from tent, tribe to tribe, and as they're going, and you know they're going to get to you. And Achan, you know God don't miss. And you know Joshua is not Moses. Moses was going to talk. Joshua was going to kill. I pray you evolve. Ooh. He says, don't you hide from me what you've done. <laughs> Look at this. He explains to him what he does. He explains to him how he disobeyed. And Look at verse 25. And Joshua said, why did you bring trouble on us? This day, the Lord brings trouble on you. And look at me. All of Israel stoned him with stones. They burned him with fire and stoned him with the stones. If you keep reading your Bible, we don't have time to go there. They go back to Ai again. And the second time when Achan's gone, they win. For some of you. <laughs> Come on. Come on. Say, Lord, help me fight this internal battle. For some of you, when you cut them, you're going to win the second time. When you shut down their thorns and shut down their energy and shut down. And some of you are like, Bishop, what are you saying? I just, I just, I block them on everything and tell them don't ever talk to me again. Mm -mm, notice, 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 notice. Why did they stone him to death? One, that was the prescribed way to, to deal with these types of issues in the Hebrew culture. But they stoned him to death, watch me, to make an example. That for anybody in my life that does this, this is what happens. So for some of you, listen, all you need to do is say, look, Aiken, I recognize who you are. I was having a conversation with a pastor. As I was having this conversation with him, I was sharing what I was going to be preaching tonight with him. And he, 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 he got like, whoa. I said, who was your Aiken? I said, who made you lose and give up because you spent your time fighting them instead of building what God called you to build? He said, this, this, is, this, is, this is a whole word. I said, I know, right? I said, God, don't. You stoned them 
Watch me. That means it takes a long time for that person to actually expire. What are you trying to say? Sometimes, look at me, please look at me. It starts with the decision that you are an Aiken, my son, my sister, my cousin, my coworker. Y'all ready? Your mama, your daddy. I thought God is love. He is love, but love isn't stupid. I thought God loved a family. He does. But if you read your Bible, there's a difference between family and relatives. If you got good family, celebrate them. If they fight with you, celebrate them. You got good friends, celebrate them. You got good people around you, celebrate them. But how many of you, come on, you're ready to have an honest moment. You know around you, you know there's an aching or two. That's you. Just do the hand wave emoji. Here's your internal battle. Give me that rose again, please. Here's the internal battle. But Bishop, we look so good together. But Bishop, this, this looks so amazing. To everybody. Come here, insecure Saul. You gonna let what they think make you lose? My son! Joshua says. He says, tell me what you did. And here's what ticked Joshua off the most. This whole time, this whole time, the prior verse, please. This whole time you knew. This whole time you knew you didn't give a crap about me. This whole time you knew you didn't really want to build what I was building. This whole time you knew you didn't really want to help me do it. You wanted to hinder me from it. And you said nothing. My son. Thorns. Have been interfering with triumph. Well, I pray that today's life-giving message has spoken life into your life. I'm Bishop Foreman, pastor of Harvest Church, and at this time, I want to extend an opportunity to you to give your life to Jesus Christ. You know, 2,000 years ago, God stepped in a body. That body was called Jesus. That body got on a cross and died for our sins. Now, sins are things that we do that don't please God, and they ultimately don't please God because they ultimately are very harmful and dangerous to us. Not only did he die for our sins, he died so we could have life and life more abundantly. Here's what that means. That not only do we experience God's best, but that we can speak life into other people and use our lives to change the lives of other people. And today, if you need to become a Christian for the first time, the Bible says if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth, you will be saved or born again or become a Christian. All those phrases mean the same thing. And if today you were far from God, this is your opportunity to reconnect to God. I love him because uh, he's not the God of a second chance. The truth is, is we've all used our second chance already. He's the God of another chance. He offers us constant new beginnings and fresh starts to get things right for him. He gave his life for us so that we could give our lives for him. So today, if you need to become a Christian or recommit yourself to Jesus right there where you're at, I don't care where you're listening to this message, I want you to say this with me. Say, Father... In the name of Jesus, thank you for dying in my place. Because of this belief and because of this confession, if this is my first time praying this, I am now a Christian. If I was far from you, I am reconnected to you. Great days are here for me. Today is the beginning of the rest of my life. In Jesus' name. Amen. Listen, if you prayed that prayer for the first time, you are now a Christian. You're born again. You're saved from yourself. And if you were far from God, you're reconnected to God. And here's what I want you to do. Take out your mobile phone and text the word decision to the phone number 59769. And when you do, I'm going to send you a message right away that's going to show you how to make Christianity your lifestyle and not just a hobby. And here's what I want to encourage you to do. You are connected to me and connected to Harvest Church for a reason. It's because this is the place God wants to speak life into your life. This is the place God wants you to grow and become a strong Christian and, and serve and change the lives of other people. So stay connected, whether it's at a physical campus or a digital campus, stay connected to Harvest Church. Keep receiving this word and let it speak life into your life. Hope you have a phenomenal day. Hey, congratulations. Experiences are what people love the most about travel. 
Viator is a website and app where you can book travel experiences like hiking Mount Kilimanjaro in Tanzania or enjoying the views while cruising on a catamaran in the Caribbean. They offer everything from simple tours to extreme adventures. With over 300,000 bookable experiences in 190 countries, there's something for everyone. Plus, Viator's travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. When you book a travel experience with Viator, there's always flexibility and support with free cancellation, payment options, and 24-7 service. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10. That's V-I-A-T-O-R-10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator. Experiences are what people love the most about travel. That's why they love Viator. They have over 300,000 bookable experiences and something for everyone. Plus, their travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator.